Welcome to Live the Fuel, where we fuel your health, business, and lifestyle. And now your host, Scott Mulvaney. All right. Good day. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another Live the Fuel show. As always, we are streaming live over the Facebook life, the Facebook world, and so much more in the social media space. Uh, but this evening, on a fine Monday evening on May 11th, I like to timestamp nowadays because this may not air for a month from now, but we're already live on the Facebook world. We're hanging out, and we're going to be talking a lot about, well, definitely biking, because that's what triggered tonight's podcast, the cycling life, which I'm a huge advocate for. Uh, but obviously, it's also some CrossFit, some functional fitness, since CrossFit is a brand of functional fitness, uh, and maybe some swimming too, which I suck at, and I have no problem admitting to. Uh, but the gentleman <laughs> joining me tonight knows about all of these things and more because he joins us. That's right. This is Lou Williams from CrossFit Apex, based right here in Pennsylvania, and uh, I'm bringing him on the show now because we he ended up messaging me about bike inquiries for bike shopping. And anybody who follows me on social media knows me, I'm a bit of a geek. So without further ado, Lou, welcome to the show, sure. sir. Well, thanks for having me, Scott. Uh, nice to talk to you tonight on a Monday. Because right? um, we had nothing else to all the do. positive things. Yeah. <laughs> congrats on all the positive things you got going on with the podcast and uh, having me on. I appreciate it. Thank you, sir. Um, but happy to talk about all those things uh, and more. Yeah. Well, I'm excited because... I will admit, I have no problem telling people this. I let my CFL1 expire this this year. One, because I've been around the fitness space for a long time. I've helped people with weight loss and, and obviously from the nutritional coaching space. I've been a, a year over the years I've been a spinning instructor from the spinning life. I've done personal training. Then the CrossFit thing exploded and I was a uh, wildland firefighter out west for a few years, which is how I found CrossFit. And then became so much in love with it, I ended up getting my CFL1 and then was uh, doing some training back here in the Lehigh Valley uh, in Bethlehem and Allentown. And then, you know, five years go by and I'm like, this, you know, my fitness, my professional fitness roles, I, mean, I was also a USSA ski race coach in the Poconos mm -hmm. at Camelback for 11 years. So I've been around the block and I was like, mm -hmm. do I want to spend another grand to renew that cert? Like, no, actually, because I'm not actually training as much as I used to. So I, I let it expire, but I, I love the, the education from it and I'm still passionate about it because clearly I built my own little CrossFit space in the garage. Sure. So, um, and, but that is, there's great facilities like what you, your work with CrossFit Apex and uh, how long have you been with them by the way? Uh, so actually we, we probably have similar time domains here, Scott. My, um, my level one was set to expire this past fall and I did end up paying a thousand dollars and going, uh, getting my L2, um, which was important to my everyday workspace, both with swimming and with CrossFit. But uh, so I started um, in 2014, 2013. So we're going on um, eight full years. Took me a year or two to get my level one, um, five years through that coaching extensively at the CrossFit gym and then um, just got my level two. So nice. Um, I guess uh, about eight years in the CrossFit space, but I've been a swimming coach and in the fitness world, similar to you and some other areas for a long, long time. Yeah, it's interesting how, and that's how I, that's why I was excited to catch up with you. That's why I said, hey, man, you should just, we're going to talk about bikes anyway. So I was like, why don't you just come on the show? Because then we're at least doing something productive that maybe other people might actually learn from. <laughs> and yeah, and we, we, um, we've crossed paths a couple of times here. We're uh, not too far from you in the Allentown area. I am 20 miles south, uh, down 476. So yep. I know we've crossed paths to competitions in the past and certainly have some mutual friends in that, in that space. So. Well, and I got my cert down down that way because like well, well i don't know if it's still that way to this day but there was really within 
an hour to hour and a half drive time, there was only two facilities that you could get your CFL one at. You had to go to Jersey or you went down King by King of Prussia. King of Prussia. King of King Prussia, King. maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So um King of Prussia, obviously great facility. Amy does a great job there. Um there were three gyms in our general vicinity that just had their 10 year anniversary and now 12 year anniversary. So two years ago. Um, CrossFit Generations, which we've been to SummerSlam, which is a big yep. summer competition. Um, King of Prussia and Apex got together for a 10-year anniversary party down at KOP. But nice. um, definitely KOP has been kind of the central location for a lot of that training going yeah. on in the last couple of years. Well, it's funny because I actually went – originally when I went for my CFL one, I did it up in North Jersey at the in Morristown because it's actually – they actually had two business names. They were actually Gorilla Fitness, I think, and then there's sure. the CrossFit name of it, whatever that was. But – it was like it was funny because it's two facilities in the same building that are owned by the same owners, and then right in the middle is like an art gallery because they couldn't get access to all the space. But they had a they had a non CrossFit branded space, and then the CrossFit branded space. Same owners doesn't really matter, and they were actually a very interesting business model because the owners also owned other facilities in other towns. So if you joined their facility, you gained access to other facilities as a paid member. Kind of like the traditional gym world of like Gold's, like Gold's gyms and stuff yeah, like that. Right? Reciprocity across all of their different yeah. locations. Yeah. So I, I was, yeah. I was like, oh, that was the first time I ever seen that. <laughs> yeah. I wonder how long it took that uh, CrossFit slash regular gym to push out that art space in the middle in between. It's them. still there. I think, I think, I think the art gallery owns the building and they're just leasing it. So in the uh, end, it's what the yeah, art gallery yeah. wants, what the art, art gallery gets. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, anyway, so I went there first and didn't pass it because probably like you, when we were first starting off, we think we know everything and we don't. And, and then I went and then went back sure. and then recertified again and then obviously got approved. And that was probably, well, obviously this was the fall when I was due. So over five years ago. So, but I had been, I started practicing and learning CrossFit when I was firefighting out West. So that was 2010, 2011. So now that's, so that's 10, over 10 years now sure. uh, that I've been down doing it. So. But I love at least I, aware of what's going on across the world. Yeah, you know, I still follow everything. Uh, like actually, so shout out to my buddy Rob Eschbach of F13 Performance, formerly known as SYR CrossFit. So he's one of these brave uh, fitness facilities that said, "Wait a minute." Uh, so last year, on his five-year anniversary, he decided, "Say, like, you know what?" And I'm not trying to bash CrossFit. I'm just being honest. Yeah. He's like, I don't get any entrepreneurial support. They they provide a great platform from certifications of coaches and trainers, etc. Yada yada yada. But he's like. He has he has one of the most successful facilities in the Greater Lehigh Valley area. He 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 actually has one of the peak uh, billables, so he bills more than most people. So and he has a huge membership base. So he's like, what do I really need this for? He's like, do I take a huge risk and try and exist on my own? And he basically had had a pair, so to speak, and went for it. And so now he's yeah. known as F13 Performance instead of SYR CrossFit because he was because sure. you got to pay for the licensing. This is business one. Sure. You're paying for yep. the rights to the name of CrossFit. Um, but the, the part of the reason why he wanted to do that though was he wanted to introduce much more personalized programming versus just group fitness. And that sure. was one of his goals for a while anyway, was some people thrive on the group. Like my wife, she's a member there. She thrives on the group, the classic group fitness component that CrossFit does exude. And like right now she's itching because I have, you know, she's we, in we, the garage, right? We're in the garage. Like she's out there right now. She, I just came from, it just came in from the garage and I'm always looking to upgrade it, which is, it gives me a great project to work on, but there's still that psychological benefit of being around other athletes working out together or not. 100%. You know, 100%. So you know, I mean, do you guys see the same thing? Team sport, 
Yeah, I mean, as a team sport athlete growing up, I mean, um, I personally can say that that team dynamic and the group dynamic, even from a coaching standpoint, being in front of a group of people as opposed to a one-on-one is better for me personally. I certainly understand the business decision of carrying the CrossFit name or not and what that means for a business. Um, But we certainly um, value that CrossFit name a lot. And the history of um, the Apex business goes back to the beginning of CrossFit in the area. So, Oh yeah. You guys guys are definitely one of the founders of Eastern Pennsylvania, so to speak. I mean, the only one older than you guys, I think, is the old CrossFit 610, if you remember that name. Um, uh, I do not remember that name, but yeah, we we definitely value that and the time and the space. And uh, I feel very thankful and blessed to be able to work with Tanya, the owner, and her husband, Josh and Keith, the owners of that business. Tanya, who won the games in 09 and is uh, yeah. just a terrific coach and um, spokesperson for that methodology and the, the group fitness lifestyle. So. Well, I'm um, definitely the, blessed to be a part of their organization. The one, the one thing I appreciated was I was worried that there's a lot of CrossFit fan members of Rob's, you know, facility. And he's like, I was like, wait, can people still do the games every year and compete? And he said, oh, yeah, actually, CrossFit doesn't have a problem with that. And I never even realized it until he went and did it. I was like, oh, so non-CrossFit branded facilities that are focused on functional fitness and follow all the same protocols and training, et cetera, can still enter athletes into that competition. Sure. I never, I never even realized it. I was like, oh, well then more power to you then. You can still make everybody happy. Go. So, uh, but yeah. yeah they're, what, they're, what does your daily workout look like these days? Are you still doing CrossFit? I've been following the stuff on the garage. It looks awesome. We're all like making our own garage gyms now. Well, so to be fair, uh, the garage the guy, the nerd that you are. The, the garage beyond. project started a long time ago uh, when I met my wife, now wife, because we've been married now uh, one year as of St. Patrick's Day. And yeah, congratulations. That's relatively new, right? Very new. Yeah, right. I'm, I'm the guy who said we'd never get married, too, by the way. You know, former tough guy, firefighter, like, I don't need love. Yeah. 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 And then you realize that, you know, embracing vulnerability and actually allowing somebody into your, you know, secret life is actually more growth oriented than you realize. So, for it, sure. It, for it, sure. It, it takes a special woman because she's got a lot of patience. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, when I met her, she was just buying this, it was her great grandmother's house. And their family's construction company was founded here. But my wife is a veterinarian doctor, so she doesn't follow in those footsteps. But I walk out back behind the house when we were dating, and I'm like, what is this giant building? And she's like, oh, well, this is my garage. It came with the house. And I was like, this has got to be like 3,000 yeah. square feet. Yeah. And I walk out there. Yeah. And it's just full of like 30 to 40 years of just stuff from – Every other job site, every church they fixed up or built or school that they worked on or fire department that they built or remodeled, sure. you know, the old generation of the business. And I was like, can I start working on this? <laughs> so it took like three years to gut the space little by little, emptying it out. And then I started, I welcomed in a buddy, of a friend of a friend who needed a place to store nice antique cars. So I gave him a sure. section of the space. So it's been a never, and that's why I eventually created its own hashtag called this old garage. So I have this old garage. Yeah, I, I have a, I have a folder on my. You remember the old? Remember when we were kids? Remember the old show, This Old House? There's like I think for sure. Yeah, what's the old guy's yeah. name? There's a bearded guy. There was a bearded guy. You could Bob like, Villa. Bob boom. Villa. There you go. Bob. Yeah. yeah. So like this. Yeah. So I was like, yeah. oh man. Well, the best part is the house was built in 1910. So technically, I have this old house and this old. It garage. is an old garage. Yeah. <laughs> So well, yeah, it looks great in there. What is uh, what are you doing for fitness right now? Like, what is uh, what is your best piece of equipment that you have on there that your go to that you're using every I'm a, day? I'm a big kettlebell guy. Okay. So a good friend of mine, uh, she's from New Jersey. She's actually a world 
a world a world champion in the kettlebell sport. Like I didn't even okay. realize. I actually here's the funny thing. Like one of my side hustles from years ago that I still have to this day is I have a, I have a side business in the isogenics nutrition world, right? So I met her because she was one of the elite athletes that was also promoting the nutrition, you know, supplements stuff like that. And then I found out she's in Jersey, and I'm like, oh, I'm gonna go meet this woman. And then I find out that she's like a world champion. Like she's won kettlebell championships around the world, and I'm like, that's a thing because I'm the CrossFit guy. Mm. She's yeah, the kettlebell yeah. girl. And I'm like, oh, so like, her, her name is Valerie Paulowski. And and so she's a master's champion around the world, still competes to this day, but she trains other athletes. So then, but I was used to the traditional American kettlebell where all the kettlebells are different sizes. And then I step into her gym in New Jersey and every kettlebell is the exact same size, just different colors. And I was like, yeah. what is this? And she's like, well, that's the proper kettlebell sport. Uniformity across the equipment. The difference is how the bell was forged. And you, you flip it over, and it's a hollow hole. And you look up in there, and it's all wide open. And I'm like, I didn't know this technology. So I geeked out. And I was like, okay, well, I'm all yeah, about, so the, I'm all about the CrossFit. Different, <laughs> you had the different weights are similar. They're all the same size, so it's consistent Every bell, in whatever move you're doing. But yeah, they vary. Because kettlebells were... I don't know if it was officially founded by the Russians, but we all know about the Russian swing versus the American swing in the kettlebell sure, sport. Sure. And yeah. she's like, oh, there's much more than that. There's you know, just like in Olympic lifting, right? There is the clean, the jerk, the snatch, yeah. all those components. So I'll, I've been a geek about that. So now I own a, a, some set. I actually want to add more, but I have a set of bells that I got from her because uh, I actually can do like double kettlebell, you know, clean, jerks, all that. I'm like, I didn't know that existed because yeah. in the CrossFit space, I learned Olympic lifting with a barbell. I didn't know that there was the same movements available in the kettlebell space. Sure. So to this day, I'm still a geek about that. Cause I have, I have like, do you guys use the horse stall mats in your facility? You know, the three quarter yeah, inch yeah. rubber mats. Yeah. yeah so yeah. I, I have 12 rubber mats out there that I bought from tractor supply. We do have a squat rack that I rescued from uh, Cl cloud nine CrossFit over in Phillipsburg, New Jersey, they downsized two years ago to a different facility. And he, he decided to go back to the purity of CrossFit, got rid of the dedicated Olympic lifting spaces, all this. So he downsized his square footage to a new facility and he was selling stuff. So I scored a box, scored a squat rack. And that's where the home gym stunt got invented from. But I mean, we have the squat rack, we got barbell, we got, we got bumper plates, we have a box. Um, I did during this you're asking what I'm doing. I lucked out my friends who own CrossFit Adoration in Bethlehem. I got to borrow a rower. That was exciting because I'm like, dude, I don't want to give it back. Uh, yeah. And and I, I borrowed some extra bumper plates from Rob at F13 as well, which I just returned to him. And so, so yeah, I mean, my, my wife and I spent a lot of time. Uh, I, I, I own a spinning bike. I also have a bike on a trainer. So obviously, I'm a huge. The whole point of tonight was biking. I love warming up on the bike, warming up on the rower now that I have a rower temporarily. Yeah. And and then I, I've been really spending a lot of time with the kettlebells. Uh, and actually, honestly, a lot of classic body weight movements, stuff that yeah, people yeah. watching and hearing this show, even though I have the home gym, I'm not taking full advantage of the home gym because I still love you know burpees, body weight training. I do have uh, two rogue two rogue uh, P5 pull-up bar systems. So she's got one for her height and I'm six foot four. So I had to have the tall guy one. You had um, a higher one. So I, I, ended up, yep. I ended up getting two of them. So we do, we're doing pull-ups, we're doing burpees. Um, I did borrow some wall balls, but she's not a fan of the wall ball. Whereas as a six foot four guy, as you know, from you CrossFit those, training, right? owning yeah. it. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, honestly, we, I mean, I, I just started adding in because I had the extra plates from Rob. 
I did start adding in some more deadlifting again. Uh, and then I just placed a second order. Actually, I can't even order right now from Rogue because everything yeah, is so backed up. It's so backed up. It took six weeks to get the last delivery that I bought. So now nowadays their website says notify me when available. So I asked them like, hey, I want to order another full set of bumper plates uh, and some other stuff because I am working throughout this entire quarantine. So yeah. my income is not impinged at all yet right. So I'm like, okay, why not? I'd rather stimulate the economy with great companies sure. like Rogue. Sure. Because Rogue is doing a lot of great things, man. They're they're making yeah, masks yeah. and everything else. So, yeah, agreed. I, I mean, uh, when this all happened, I had had pre-existing gym with uh, maybe nine mats in one bay of my two car. Oh, that's garage. a great space. And, yeah, uh, I was always I, nine I'm mats. Not... I just added the other three like six months ago. So <laughs> <laughs> it was nine to start. It's a nice uh, yeah. square. Um, but Apex did a great job of lending out some equipment, which I know a lot of gyms are doing, which is awesome for them to kind of give that to their members so we yeah, can program for them. So I got a kettlebell, a couple of kettlebells from them. I love kettlebell work. I do swings every day. Um, Rower is my go-to right now. We've been linked into the Concept2 logbook. I don't know if you have that in the Earth oh, data no. app on your phone. I would highly recommend it. There's a, an app What's on your phone. What's this? Hold on. I'm missing out on something? What? Yeah, you're going you're gonna to write it down real quick. Oh, I've got uh, the notepad that. right here. Hold on. There you go. Boom. I'm, uh, old, I'm old school sometimes. I'm very techie, but there's a, there's uh, a, there's a Concept2 logbook. Right. So if you go on the Concept2 website, there's a, a button at the top. You can click logbook, create an account, and then you can get an app on your phone. It's called ERG Data, E-R-G Data. Yeah. And then the phone Bluetooth links right to the um, rower if you've got a PM5 monitor. It's one of the, the newer models. So you have to look at the model of your uh, monitor, but I can sync my phone to the rower and I set it up for whatever distance I'm doing. Well, I and did. then all that data goes right into my phone. I did the rower I borrowed because you you know how you know how Concept Twos are great equipment, but sometimes the, the monitor devices you know fail out. So this sure. is one of their which that has the newer monitor on it. You know I, I made yeah, sure I grabbed. Yeah, you should be able monitor. to do it. Oh, then you should be able to do it. Game, set, match. So we just we just finished. Uh, you know, so it tracks all of my meters, so I can tell you exactly how many I did last month, this month, for the year, for the nice. season. And then they have periodic challenges. We just finished a five week long. We had eight guys on a crew, a boat crew, and each week was a different challenge. We finished, last week was a 2K row for time. There was a 30 minute row for max meters. Um, but that really speaks to me as a swimming coach. Um, if I, I mean, it's a full body workout, definitely lungy. Yeah. Um, so if I can sit on the rower and do some interval work. Um, remember the, remember the games years ago when they introduced the, was it the marathon row? Was that what it was? Yeah. Yeah. Cause yeah. I, I did that years ago and I was like, the biggest problem was like, I'm an endurance sports guy. Like I'll, I'll run Spartan races. I've done marathons. Yeah. I do, I do hundred mile bike rides. I mean, I, I'm, I have the mindset for it. But let me tell you, man, my sit bones were fried yeah, after that row. Because like that yeah. plastic seat, like I, I remember, I remember I, to this day, I remember rotating to right butt cheek and then left butt cheek throughout the row because I'm just trying to give it a break. <laughs> well, we're, we're getting ready for one. They've got a challenge right now that's marathon row. So we've been kind of preparing that with some longer distances. But same, the biggest um, challenge for me is not necessarily the lung capacity or the strength to pull that long. It's the staying comfortable, being comfortable. Yeah uncomfortable in that position of sitting on the road. Yeah, I was say, so. finding a way to be but, comfortable while you're uncomfortable is a true challenge. <laughs> yes. Uh, but anyway, the rower has been my go-to these days, along with the other stuff. I got pull up bar and um, squat rack and all that stuff. But again, I think it speaks to the body weight stuff. Everybody should be working on their engine right now because you can do burpees all day, any day, wherever. And there's a and lot it's of great for lung capacity. Stuff. 
Yeah. Yeah. So, and I'm programming for my swimmers and I have to program for no equipment. So a lot of the times I'm testing and doing stuff. I want to see what I can do without anything that you can do in a one square horse stall mat space anyway. So well, it's, it's funny because uh, I had friends close to me that in the CrossFit space, they were all concerned about me when this whole Corona thing unleashed because they were looking at obviously everybody who has possible lung issues and for anybody who follows me online, because I have no problem sharing anything, I don't care. Sure. I'm completely transparent. Right before my wedding last year, I collapsed my lung, and I had to go in for uh, into the hospital for eight days. Were you and doing I, something aggressive? Were you, was it a bike fall or skiing something? Or no, that's the best part. Like I'm the, <laughs> I am the adrenaline chunky guy. Like I, I literally tried proposing to my wife after a skydive, but they grounded our plane due to high winds that day, and I had uh. to go. I had to go and act on the moment and then go down the road to a winery and surprise her there because of winds. So like yeah. sometimes we skydive every year. So I am that guy. And no, it, it, the funny thing was apparently I had uh, actually, actually I injured myself officially doing CrossFit actually. And it's not CrossFit's fault, but I had injured myself over the holiday before the new year. So this was the end of 18 into 19. Yeah. Uh, doing 12 days of Christmas. But you know, no matter which version you do, it's a very long workout. Very challenging, yeah. And a lot of people, for even though me being a CFL one and knowing better, I had allowed some of my form to become lethargic, and op that opens you up to a possible injury, sure. right? Because form and technique come first. Doesn't matter how much weight you're throwing around. You know yeah. this. Yeah. And and then I, I remember one of the movements was, I think it was, um, I think it was uh, shoulder to overhead. Sure. And I think I had just arched, uh, maybe over arched or something, came down and I had displaced a rib in my back. And I knew exactly what it was because I fell off a cliff firefighting years ago out west and I injured the same thing. And I, my, my firefighting buddies back then called me a little, you know, a wuss because I was like, I couldn't breathe right and I couldn't hike right. And, uh, Your you know, breathing's overrated. Right. I was like, oh, yeah, you suck it up. And I'm like, I'm literally for days because, so anyway, long story short, out west, once I had days off, so if I had to deal with that injury for four days of firefighting. I, I got one rest day and then went back to hiking and just not being able to breathe really well. And then went to a chiropractor and she figured out that the cartilage had gotten displaced and she just realigned it and boom, my intercostals were finally able to inflate and, and do yeah. their normal thing. So apparently that is a known concern for tall, lean athletes that I never knew about. So fast forward all these years later, like literally – Eight, nine years later, I do the same injury, different problem, but I had displaced it again. I knew exactly what I, I felt it. And I'm like, I know what this is, but it was the holiday. The chiropractor was closed for the holiday, and I only trust my my doctor. So I'm like, you know what? It's fine. I went and did cryotherapy. I was doing my uh, my bone broth, anti-inflammatory practices, yeah, like, yeah. all these things. I knew I know more nowadays. Didn't matter. Until I can get that thing popped and, and put back where it belongs, it didn't matter. So long story short, I thought I was fine, but the damage was already done. Apparently, as a tall, lean athlete, if you cough aggressively over and over again, your diaphragm is slamming your lungs. You could traumatize your lung tissue, create a blister. The blister can then pop. If that blister pops because there's air trapped in that blister, you can actually yeah. self-collapse your lung. And here's the best part. So after all that went down, a buddy of mine who was a police officer, his son is a swimmer, his son, two weeks after my surgery, jumps out of the pool after training and does the exact same injury. And I was like, wait, this is a thing? 
Yeah. I had no idea. He was probably a tall, lean guy as well. If he tall, was a lean guy, probably he was 16 years of age. Yeah. Same thing. Spontaneous pneumothorax. Boom. I'm like, get out of here. Like, what? Are, so what are the odds? You had this previous breathing or lung issue, so your friends were a little worried about you when this this happened. Yeah. Exactly. Oh yeah. Because obviously, because everybody was reading all the stats and blah 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 blah, and they're like, oh my god, but you you've got a prior lung injury, so you have a higher risk. I'm like, uh, no, because that June after the collapsed lung. Hold on. So then I fly. We have a heli skiing wedding in Banff, Canada. Yeah, yeah. Helicopters and skiing and blah, blah, blah. So I, I recovered in time to go do that on St. Patrick's Day week. And then in June, I attempted my first 100 mile mountain biking race, not road biking, mountain biking in the mountains outside of Penn State Main Campus, central Pennsylvania. Um, so, like, okay, clearly everything works. So everybody freaking out about me and my lungs. I'm like, dude, four months after my injury, I raced in a mountain bike race like over 7,000 feet of climbing on a mountain bike. Yeah, yeah. I think my lung is good. It should be all right. It should be all right. <laughs> so well, I, I appreciate people caring, but I'm like, guys, like this is the, the lung concerns are around people who have impaired lungs. My lungs yep. are not impaired. All right. Somebody who I've never smoked a cigarette in my life. Yeah. Okay. So we're working hard. Well, um, what a, let, let's talk some bike stuff. Give yeah. me, I'm talking about biking. My 12, 12-year-old son would call me a noob, and uh, you know I've been riding my mountain bike since I was 16 years old, and it's done its trick for getting Wait, around Wait, your 12-year-old son was calling you out? Uh, <laughs> no, that's <laughs> shocker. Noob. <laughs> that's all he does. He does. <laughs> uh, but uh, we've been looking at different ways to be fit, and mountain biking and get outside and biking seems to be something that is... Um, available right now. I've got a bike, so we've been doing some mountain biking in the area. And super beneficial. Super um, beneficial. I, I always tell people I love to hike. We've done some Ragnar trail races. I love to be outside in the woods whenever my kids get rambunctious. Oh, I've done Ragnar. Things. Did you, which one did you do? Uh, Arizona, where I used to fight for it. Uh, we, we did it right before the fire season. My my fire buddies got together and we did a, you know, the classic Ragnar, a 12-man team, uh, you know, 24-hour The road race. race? Yeah, you're running. Yeah, you're running on yeah, the road. Yeah, yeah, we we did a uh, the trail version in New Jersey, and we did uh, kind of an ultra version. version. So there were, yeah, Ragnar trails in the middle of the night on the trails, headlamps. It's the best. That's, I really enjoyed it. Camping. That's way better. Yeah, yeah well, I mean, we'll I, mean up uh, for one. I did have one of my legs was in the middle of the night going through the desert with a headlamp on, but it was again most of the running was on road, and I would much yeah. prefer in Mother Nature's glory, not on asphalt. Yeah. yeah, it was one of the more rewarding, uh, challenging things we've done. There's usually eight-person teams, um, but we did a uh, four-person team, the ultra version. So we each ran 30 miles a piece. It was six loops. There was like a three, a five, a seven-mile loop. And then you do each one of those twice, and it's a relay style. So you hand off to a teammate. You said it was only it was really four? Good. We did it with four, the ultra version. But I, there said, are I thought eight. ultra was six, right? Standard team is 12, ultra is six, but that's that's the classic road race, though. So I guess yeah. the trail is different. Maybe the trail is different, but we did uh, we did with four. Um, okay. It was 120 miles. So anyway, um, I love being outside. I always take my kids hiking. That's my go-to outdoor activity. And so the mountain bike seemed a, um, a logical next step. So we've been doing a little bit out at um, – like Nakamixon, if you're familiar, have you been out there to ride? Oh, and- dude, the trails there for mount they they finally opened up the trails there for mountain biking, uh, two weeks ago, maybe two weeks ago, yeah. Because that so that's a state owned property. I know most of the trail builders down there because I maintain the trails here in Allentown at Jordan Creek Single Track with my sure. old buddies, and that's county run here. But 
that state runs. So they got it's all the other the issue with they right they ran to open those trails up right away is because the parking lot where the trailhead is for mountain biking is very small. So it's really hard. Is it that Tower Road spot? The Tower Road. Tower Road. Uh, so it's, yeah. it's very hard to kind of support and promote social distancing when you're in a really tight park. Yeah. But admittedly, I tell people all the time, I, I'm sorry, I'm a, as a mountain biker and a racer, it's really hard to be less than six feet up on somebody's butt unless you want to crash. So let, let's, yeah, let's, rarely let's, happens, let's right? pause on that. Like, okay, biking is a very healthy sport. It's great for the lungs. It's great for the legs. Amazing for endurance training. But if you just want to go out with your kids and just go mountain biking, it's also great in general. I'm, I'm a huge cycling advocate. So that's why I was like, I reached out to you. I was like, oh man, I'll, I'll guide you on some bikes if I can. Um, yeah. But a lot of well, pe- a lot of people are confused about that. They're like, well, a lot of the parks are being overrun right now. Actually, I will say this. There are more people nowadays, right now, taking advantage of the park system that they always avoided. So I'm happy to see that, but I'm also unhappy because I'm like, I don't want to go into a park with 200 people in there when there's normally only like 10. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree. We had some experience hiking wise, both at county and state parks, because we made the rounds a lot of the stuff down here. But, um, you know, I've been running trails and hiking on these trails for years, and I've never seen parking lots more crowded, which yeah. is a paradox because it's great. I love the people are outside and I'd much rather they be doing that than a lot of other things. Um, but those spaces are spaces that are supposed to be open spaces. So it's, a, it's definitely a paradox, but um, so interested in mountain biking a little bit. My son would like to get involved. And uh, so I would like to get a new bike, just looking for some advice, basics, what to look for, what not to look for, what I need, what I don't need. Well, and I'm already prepared for you. All right. So you got some screenshots. Were, oh, absolutely. I mean, hold on real quick. We got a shout out to obviously CrossFit Apex. There you go. So CrossFit Apex, A-P-E-X, oh, ladies and gentlemen, dot com. Lots of my friends there on the screen. I love the fact that we were just talking about kettlebells earlier, and this is the main homepage. There's nothing like a good farmer's some carries carry. there, right? Farmer carries. That was our old facility, actually. We've moved since then, but uh, yeah, definitely missed that. Oh, place. I've not been. Ba- I've not been down there since you guys moved facilities. How long yeah. ago did you guys? Move? Have you? Um, did you participate in maybe some masters competitions at the old Apex? Maybe. Did you or, guys host that? Know? What was the winter one? Um, didn't you guys host mm-hmm. a, a cold weather one or not a winter one? What, what was the masters comp called? uh spring fever they've done a couple of times spring i've attended fever spring time. fever i did not compete in spring fever because i wasn't masters yet because now i'm 42 so it really doesn't matter anymore i just gave uh, you know I'll there you go. i i actually put, made a post the other day i'm like i haven't competed in probably over a year i'm like i need to compete now like as soon as this stuff gets unlocked i'm in it let's do this I'll, yeah i I'll just jump uh, on <laughs> i just leveled up i turned 40 in february so i was anxiously awaiting all the summer comps for this year that now look like they won't happen to uh well, and to be fair, CrossFit changed the regulations, what, two years ago? And now it's 35 plus as masters? Yeah, there's some younger groups, correct. Yeah. So I was taking advantage of that. I'm like, oh, well, all right. Well, I'll be a masters. Sure. <laughs> um, wait, wait. So sh- sh- obviously, shout out to your site because you guys are, I've always been great. a great influencer in the sport. But I, I you had messaged me about the uh, Cannondale Trail 5. Yeah. So I'm sharing that now. And then also the Specialized Rock Hopper. Now, yeah. admittedly, and the, the expert edition, which is what I have up here. So, admittedly, you had asked about 
obviously these the reason why you picked up these two is because these were the only ones locally near you still yeah available. we have um a great local shop and those are the two new ones they had so i mean we could talk about new versus used but these were the two models that they had that were kind of price range and uh available okay so right off the bat um Obviously, the Specialized that I'm looking at right now, it looks like they're running what's called a one-by setup, which is very common nowadays. What that means is, when I say that, is that you have a single... Well, actually, no, you have a two-by. Never mind. I'm looking at it right here. Oh, yeah. So a two... And there's nothing wrong with two-by. But back in the day, mountain bikes or road bikes, everything was a three-by, meaning you had three, sure. three chain rings in the front, and then obviously your assortment of gears in the back. And then as technology has advanced over the years... Uh, Everything high end now is pretty much one by. You have a one single chain ring in the front, so you don't need this derailleur device here to help move the chain back and forth mm -hmm. over the gears in the front because everything is happening in the back. That's the way a lot of the modern bikes are. But admittedly, I have nothing against the two by because basically the advantage of the two by is if you drop down to the small chain ring in the front, I call that granny gear. So if you're doing a grandma climb, you want to have that granny gear because it makes sure. it really easier. <laughs> um, anyway, so this is a two by and it looks like, okay. So your Cannondale is also a two by. So, and, and it looks like both bikes here, you're looking at hard tails, which is what you've been used to riding anyway, right? You've not, you've never ridden a full suspension, correct? Correct. My Cannondale now is a front suspension. So. Okay. Yeah. So here's the best part. When I started mountain biking and I, I took, I took some. I started at a Penn State Lehigh Valley Allentown campus back in the day, and they actually had phys ed courses on skiing and and and, uh, and biking. So that's how oh, I got to amazing. learn all the trails around here. I'm like, what? I got to take a phys ed credit, you know, Gen Ed, obviously. But yeah, what? Yeah. So I got to learn on the mountain bike I bought back then. This is 1996. <laughs> was a full rigid bike, not even a front shock, and I didn't stop riding that thing until 2007 when I bought my first full suspension bike. So, and again, there's nothing against hardtails on the, let me, let me pause now. Yeah. Every mountain bike nowadays standard has pretty much a, a front shock. It's a no brainer. The advantage of going to full suspension is you are going to gain some nice squish in the back, so to speak. Um, mm -hmm. but I will tell you, I can't beat a beautiful hardtail for climbing because when you pedal up hills, that rear suspension is going to lag a little bit and you're going to lose some of that power displacement on the pedal stroke. So it's funny because I have a brand new bike, which I think is what you commented on. I was building up a new bike in the garage. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a hard tail bike. Just but, for climbing or it's a hill bike. Oh, it's, or? it's a, it's a $9,000 bike, <laughs> but I only paid $2,500 for it because it's from 2016. So my buddy's been sitting on it in his inventory in Colorado for years, and he put it on eBay for a buy it now twenty five hundred. And right before the uh, pandemic unleashed, I looked at it and my he showed it to me at dinner. He flew because he's from here, so he flew out here. He sees his dad every few months, and he's like, "Oh, by the way, if you know anybody looking for a high end hardtail, check this out. Like the <laughs> entire the entire frame is carbon fiber. Like everything is everything he put on that bike was top of the line." So I was like, wait a minute, I could score a $9,000 bike for $2,500. I don't care what year it is, sold. I said, take that crap off of eBay and ship it to me. So yeah. So that's that's the new rig. I don't care if it's 2020 or 2019. I care about the technology involved. So, but I'm, well, I, I'm different. You know, you're a guy, you have a great local shop, you're trying to support local businesses. Um, and yes, the biking industry is actually doing really well right now because 
biking is considered an essential business. Yeah, well, I mean, it begs the question, at reaching out and talking to some people, the, bike, the shop was like, well, we have these two available. We're getting calls every day for new bikes and just looking on um, the marketplace and looking around, people are selling bikes all over the place. They want to get outside, right? Exactly. So the cool thing is both, right, both rigs you're looking at, as I'm zooming in here on the Cannondale site, looks like the, so the Cannondale is definitely a lower end model compared to that Santa Cruz, but they both are set up with disc brakes. So that's awesome. Um, without actually digging into the componentry, like nowadays, disc, disc brakes have pretty much become standard. Like back in the day, it, I mean, you're, the bike you probably have now probably has rim brakes, right? It, it, it does, grabs, yeah. grabs the rim, yeah, which is still being sold. A lot of entry-level bikes come with that nowadays. So the cool thing is you're at least going to get, yeah, there, there's your there's your brake rotor. Um, yeah, there's your disc brake right there. Now, the only difference between disc brakes versus the caliper brakes is just like a car, the braking is much more high performance. Um, it can handle a lot more stress if you really want to get after it. Um, but also, there's also two different levels of disc brakes as well. Uh, the calipers will be activated by a cable, just like your uh, your shifting mechanisms, right? Is all cable yeah. fed. Yeah. Or the higher end brake systems are hydraulic, you know, just like a modern car. Like all modern vehicles, cars, trucks, etc., their disc brakes are hydraulically fed. Well, guess what? That also exists in the biking world too. So without me reading all the specs right away, I can already tell you that if these bikes are retailing for a grand or less, I mean, unless the costs have really come down, um, they're probably going to be cable fed. And it's not a bad thing. It's just that if you're a high-end cyclist, you care about hydraulic versus cable. That's not, it's not, Yeah, it's I'm not, not sure I'm there yet. Yeah. It's, hydraulic, but. <laughs> well, actually, your Trail 5 from Cannondale, hydraulic disc brakes. Hydraulic disc brakes. Okay. Yeah. So then the Specialized... I wonder what this says. Hold on. Let me exit out of my Zoom. I zoomed in there. Uh, all right. See, this is why I love about Specialized. They put all the stats right here, too. Got it all for you. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you actually looked at any of this stuff. Yes, this is, where, this is how I geek out. I, I should have warned you. Um, <laughs> yeah, you got standard full-length fork, front, front shock. All right, head tube angles, a standard cross-country setup. Blah, 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 blah. Yada, yada, yada. I'm trying to find... The brake details. Maybe they got it up here. Here we go. Wheels, tires, drivetrain. There we go. Brakes. Oh, yeah. Those are hydraulic, too. Wow, man. They've really improved access point. Back in the day, you couldn't score hydraulic brakes on a mountain bike for uh, for under a grand. Huh. So this is exciting That's to promising. see. Yeah. So these are both, as far as hydraulics and everything else, very similar. Both hardtails. Uh, both standard, pretty standard. Hold on. What's the component package? Here we go. I should have warned people. Actually, I did tag this on the Facebook post that we may be geeking out about bikes. Okay. Shimano DR9 Speed is on the Specialized. And uh, you got uh, Shimano Acera, also uh, 9 Speed. So these are all like uh, entry to mid-level components. The So the high end in the, in the Shimano world is called XTR. Like that new bike I'm building up is all sure, top-end sure. XTR. So... Uh, but here's the funny thing. So here's a little hack. A lot of people don't realize this. So this year's XTR becomes next year's like next step down. And so they when they when they develop new tech, that becomes the XTR of this year. Yeah. Yeah. And then last year's XTR just becomes the next step down. That's why when I tell does people, that rollover happen? When's the turnover date? When do they start releasing the new stuff? So they it's just like car release. Like when the new bikes come out, like if they tell you that's a 2019 or a 2020. They're, they got to tell you that. Like, so the bikes you're looking at right now, actually, to be fair, unless they're letting go of last year's stock, 
that everybody should have 2020 bikes. So, uh, but here's the best part. So like whatever, like, so for example, the Cannondale was, what did I say it was? Oh, Shimano. Uh, where's the guy here? I know I'm not screen sharing anymore here, but <laughs> bottom bracket, sealed cartridge, yada, yada, yada. So my point is though, is like whatever is this year was already, was, was last year's high end that, or not, mm-hmm. not full high end, but it keeps stepping down. And sure. I never realized that until my buddies always shops taught me all of that. So hands down, you're, you're looking at two well-rounded, again, you're not a hardcore heavy duty cyclist, right? Yeah. I mean, again, you know where I'm going and what I'm yeah. trying to do. It's not a uh, racing value or anything. What I tell people, and I literally had this conversation before this show with another, my friend of my wife, her, she's trying to get a new mountain bike and she's willing to buy used and she wants her boyfriend to also get into mountain biking with her too. He's a, uh, a resident. He's in his, he's in his residency at the hospital as a doctor. She's a high end ER nurse and we got her into mountain biking and now she wants a bike, but now she wants him to get a bike. And I, he's like, he's like, I'm not going to spend a thousand dollars on a bike. I'm like, well, number one, you're a resident. You got a lot of medical bills coming. I get that. I also, you don't know if you'd love the sport yet. If he was already riding a bike, that'd be something different. You've already been riding a bike. So what I try and tell people is this, and I don't own a shop. I'm not getting paid for this, but I said, listen, the components is what matters. Uh, buying a $500 bike versus a $1,000 bike, you're definitely going to get a better quality of drivetrain and component yeah. package on the bike. You could have yeah. literally the exact same bike frame. And the difference is from $500 to $1,000, you're going to go from cable-fed brakes to hydraulics. And I guarantee the drivetrain componentry is going to be beefed up as well. So you'll probably sure. have a much nicer shifting. So if you plan on biking more in the year to two to three years to come with your son or others, yeah, yeah. then, uh, you know, stimulate the economy. I, I honestly, I'd probably go with, I'd probably go with the specialized over the Cannondale. Okay. And here's the best no. part. I said, I said, I, when I messaged you earlier, my current full suspension bike is a Cannondale and my new hardtail is Calvin, my coonhound saying hi. Uh, yeah. My other, my new bike is a specialized. So it's kind of funny. You and I are talking about two brands that I already that own. You have experience <laughs> with, great. Specialized makes, here's the thing. So that specialized is called what? A uh, uh, Brock Hopper. So their, their most famous bike for years is called the Stump Jumper. Specialized, yeah. their Stump Jumper has stood the test of time. It is the old faithful, like, that is the go-to bike. If you're looking at the specialized lineup, the stump jumper is – it's the shit, man. But it's also full suspension. So you are going to pay to jump from hardtail to full suspension. Yeah. And what are most of the trails around you? Are they all, like, rails to tra- – that's the other pick. We, we should have started there for the listeners. What is your riding style? What are the parks around you? What Are you, are you going down to Wissahickon a lot? Like – yeah, I mean, um, the extent of where I've been lately is basically Lake Nakamixon, but um, certainly I'm familiar with some hiking and biking trails in Ralph Stover out that way, okay. um, up in Green Lane. Yeah, um, I know Green Lane. Tons of stuff on and off the Perk Trail right there. So, And have you had any problems with your, the current bike you have now? What are your current, this is a great part. Like I'm, I'm not even a bike sales consultant, but I'm having fun right now. So what are your current complaints? Do you have, everybody's got like pros and cons of what they currently have and what they currently do. What do you got? Well, I told, I told you I got this bike similar to you in 1996. I was 15 years old, 16 years old. 
Um, but I think the the frame is actually a little too small for me. It's a small size Cannondale frame. Oh, I'm now, whoa, wait, what's your height? Uh, well, I'm like five eight now, five yeah, no, nine. No, no, yeah, yeah. Your bike's way so, too small for you. So er- yeah. ergonomic ergonometry, you know, just like just like setting up a good computer desk. Same thing with your bike. You're not going to reach proper leg extension. Uh, like I, I taught spinning for six years. The biggest thing I found for people is they were never raising their seat high enough to get proper leg extension. Yeah. So from an efficiency standpoint, you're inefficient. But also from a, a knee tissue strain point, you could create uh, knee problems from not allowing your leg to reach that almost, I'm not saying locked out, but almost full extension. Um, like Concept, we talked about Concept 2 rowers earlier. Concept came out yeah. with a, a, a bike. A stationary bike. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah, yeah stationary bike. Yeah, 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 we've ridden it. So, yeah. so Rob at F13 bought two of those. And as soon as those came in, I planned it. I walked in and I just stood there and I waited for somebody to get on that bike. That was one of the coaches. And Your seat too low. And- uh, everything was set up wrong. And I'm watching her just like all stretched out, like trying to bike <laughs> on it. And I'm like, I walk up. I'm like, hey, you having fun? She's like, yeah, you know. I'm like, doesn't feel so comfortable, does it? She's like, no. I was like, would you mind? if I just ran you through a quick fit session and changed everything that she was doing and she's just like, Oh my God, it's so much better. Yeah. Like, so think about that. Like people don't think about proper fit and yes, well, if you're so five, I think eight, that's the biggest thing. There's actually a functional problem with the bike in that it's yeah. too small for me. You outgrew and it. I've been compensating with jacking the seat up real high, which is fine for riding around here and there. But yeah. when I'm actually on the trails, it's certainly not doing what it's supposed you, to do. You know, as a fitness professional that, form again we said it very early in the show form and technique right yeah so you can only push your technique so far within that form of the equipment you're using so that'd be like for example if you were teaching ollie and the only thing you guys owned for, for the men athletes was a women's bar right the diameter of the bar is not fitting uh-huh. the average man's hand the yep. width for shoulder width is not reaching the proper width like I love it when I went to competitions and they actually had women's bars because there is a difference of fit. And whereas like my, when my wife started CrossFit at it before I knew her, they only own men's bars. She never got to train with a women's bar. And a lot of female athletes said, Oh no, I, I, I've always trained with a men's bar. I'm fine. I'm like, this isn't about taking an easy card. Yeah. Right? It's the wrong equipment. These are engineered and designed for a purpose. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But people don't think about these things. So, yeah. So, I mean, that would be my number one complaint size. I mean, other than that, I mean, it's been a great bike for me and has stood the test of time. I'm still riding it around with minimal, I take care of it, but minimal yeah. maintenance. So, well, so I um, mean, yeah, rock, biking doesn't have to be rocket science. You know, clean the chain, degree, and honestly, it's just like your car, right? You change the oil in your car, you change the air filters, make sure the car can breathe, make sure the parts are lubed. Same thing with the biking world. Biking does not have to be rocket science. I mean, unless you're really getting into a lot of like mud bogging and like crazy, crazy stuff like I do, then great. I'm going to spend a little more time maintaining my bikes. But the average basic trail rider, uh, rails to trail path, gravel paths, gravel riding, et cetera, you're not getting that bike super dirty. Um, and what we're, what we're talking about is fine for front, front suspension. I don't need no. full suspension for that stuff. If then. you're going to get more aggressive in your riding, like – I, I, that's why I like right now, everything I've seen, everything I've observed from you, feel free sticking with that hardtail thousand dollars or less access point. Again, we talked about that. I'm, I'm, I'm actually, I'm obviously leaning towards specialized right now. I think with just comparing, comparing those two models, because those are available near you. I think the components package is nicer. I 
I really appreciate what Specialized has done with their frame designs and what they're giving you for the price. Uh, I think it's I think it's a little bit nicer than than the uh, the five. So love it. Yeah, but that's a. Uh... And again, some people may agree with me or disagree with me. That's just my personal opinion. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I appreciate the opinion taking the time to talk about. It. How about hey? Uh, so I'm talking about Lake Nakamix, and where can I go close to me inside of twenty or thirty miles that are going to give me a good wide variety of trails? Something that I'm going to be able to handle, not too aggressive. Besides Knox, or are you saying riding yeah. Knox? Besides that, where? Give me some recommendations on where to go. What are you like? Well, obviously, if you ever want to come to Allentown, we got plenty of stuff up here too. Um, have you have you have you never ridden Wissahickon down in Philadelphia? That's famous. Uh, I've not been on that trail. You should. Sure? Well, Wissahickon, I mean, it, it extends from like literally. You're you're kind of like in Philly, but you're not because you're along yeah. the river and you're by Maniunk, and they have amazing trails there. Like some aggressive stuff too like just, yeah some i did the um wissahickon trail run two years ago which was okay. a, a 10 mile run on that so i have been on that trail but i've never ridden down there oh yeah and that dude. was like forbidden drive or something and then you turn off up and go up and um yeah down in there so and the other thing is oh there's a i haven't ridden there in years i think it's northeast of wissahickon God, it's called. There's a. It's not called Tower Road, but there's a fire tower in the land, and they have an entire network of mountain biking trails in there too. And that would be the other nearby. I can't think of the. Oh man, Eastern PA. Because the other thing, I might not be able to just, uh, figure this out. Yeah. Um, no. Right now, but I'm going to track it down now tonight because it's really bothering me. So I had th- three, two, three years ago. The only reason why I remember is because they had a wildfire, and I oh, French Creek. Boom. French Creek, yeah. Have you it's ridden a, French Creek? Uh, no, but I know that area well. They I've have they have that. a nice network of trails there as well. So that's probably closer to you than obviously Allentown. And, right and French Creek is big. It's beautiful. And there's a lot of options there. And again, great for trail running, hiking, and obviously mountain biking as well. And I think they're actually, they're considered under, they might be DCNR property as well. I don't know. I know, I know Nakamixon is definitely DCNR, which is yeah, the... Yeah you know, land preservation organization for the state. But for you, you should totally check out, and they have an app uh, called All Trails. Yep, I got that on my phone. Yeah, so there's plenty of stuff there. If you're you're ever game for a road trip and you wanted to do a socially distanced ride, I I, I take care of Jordan Creek Single Track, which is right down the road from my house right here in Allentown. I joke around because I tell people, like, it's like an urban park because you're so close to the city of Allentown, but you're not. And you got about eight to nine miles easily of interlocking loop options and trails. And it's like a little gem that we have here. So uh, well, I'll definitely take you up on that yeah. uh, when I get my new bike get riding a little bit. Heck yeah, dude. Yeah. And, and I, I go over, I, I can't tell you how many people I've brought back to the garage when we go over uh, DIY uh, bike life. I, I Obviously, I support, I want people to work with their local shops and, and support local businesses and make sure they're taking care of their equipment. But there's a lot of basic stuff that every homeowner, bike owner should be able to do on their own. Uh, it's For like, sure. you know, you guys probably do a lot of your own equipment maintenance at the facility too, right? Yep. Unless something yep. breaks, then we'll worry about that later. So, um, yeah. Great. Well, well hey, I mean, uh, listen, we're coming to the end of our hour. So um, is there anything else I need to address for you in the meantime? No, I'm good. I appreciate the uh, you taking the time to look up those two bikes. Give yeah. me oh, some component sh- details. And- should we give a shout out to the bike shop you're looking at? Yeah, the, uh, I live here in Southerton, Pennsylvania. So Scooters Bike Shop. Oh, Scooters! Oh, I know Scooters. I've been there. Oh, there it's, it's been two years since I've been there, but yeah, 
That's a great little spot. Down in the hollow of Salvatton right there where I live yeah. um, a mile or two away. And uh, we bought our son's bike there and we go in there for service and yeah, stuff. Yeah, dude. So Scooter's been here for a while too, man. They've been around a while. Local yeah. shop. Yeah. yeah. I, I actually, yeah. I love supporting local bike shops. That's why I tell people all the time, like, yes, granted, my new bike came from a leftover stock out of Colorado because I helped him open that shop. Like, I helped him lay the sheetrock so he and mm-hmm. I go way back. But normally, I actually rotate my business through all the local shops here around the greater Lehigh Valley because I know all the owners. So I, it's just like CrossFit. Like, I drop in at my friend's gyms. Yeah, you got to go see everybody. You know, actually, back in the day, I used to call myself the, the, the CrossFit whore because I would just drop in all over the place. When I'm traveling on business, I just well, drop in. You know, I love that aspect of it, just circling back a little bit on the CrossFit, but going and stepping inside another box and seeing how they do things and making those acquaintances, the community part of it is uh, Especially when I was coaching awesome. more, you know, from the training yeah. aspect, I wanted to observe how other people's styles were. And yeah. it's funny because that comes from biking too. Like every time I leveled up my cycling world is because I hopped on the back wheel of somebody else who was a little bit better than me. And I would, I would observe their mechanics and how they did things differently. And either, either it clicked with me or it didn't click with me, right? So- I think that's that's a great from my end. That's a great thing, whether it's cycling or CrossFit or other forms of fitness. Is don't ever close yourself out from learning something new and seeing how maybe something can be done better or differently than what you've already yeah. learned. Yeah, well, I love that, man. So I'm the kind of person that likes to try new things, but I'm not the most adventurous. So I'm always a person that would rather have a conversation like this and talk about, hey, I'm thinking about doing some mountain biking. Let's talk about it with someone who is a uh, subject matter expert or someone who at least is well-respected and knows what they're talking about. So I appreciate you taking the time to go through it with me. It's been yeah, uh, man. been fun talking to you. Well, I, I haven't seen you in years. I mean, I can't remember. Like, I think I think I probably last time I saw you, you were probably running or judging a comp. Um, yeah. Or I might have been one of the judges at that comp too because I've judged a lot of comps over the years we've, too. So We've certainly crossed paths a few times. So <laughs> hopefully we'll get back to competing here sometime soon, right? Where people can come back together and spend some time. And My wife and I are both like – we need an excuse to train harder. Like maybe we just launch a virtual comp. I don't know. Maybe that's the next chapter. Maybe, we're, maybe, maybe you guys got to launch a virtual comp. I don't know. Um, well, we, uh, I can certainly see that happen. And we're actually thinking about that from a swimming standpoint, because as a swimming coach, we're trying to figure out how to compete without everybody together. Um, so that time aspect of that sport is certainly lends itself to a, you could run a race here and they could run a race there and bring stuff together. But the virtual, um, CrossFit competition is a good idea. I think it's I think it's totally possible. We could I think we could pull off a virtual CrossFit comp before a virtual swim meet, because obviously you need pools or water. The space <laughs> to there. Help with yeah. that. I mean, if you did a body weight comp related things with people who don't have the equipment, you could pull a lot of stuff off. So certainly can. Um, what, what, we'll listen, look for that. Listen, I've had a blast today. I we do have to bring the show to a close, but I always ask my guest co-host, since you're new to the podcasting space, to kind of like close things out. And since you're an influencer from other sports and obviously from the educational perspective, um, this is one of those opportunities where like, you know what, everything else we discussed tonight is great. But like, if there was an all encompassing message or a legacy message you want to leave behind that embodies everything that you do, right? Like if people want to really understand what, why Lou cares so much about health and fitness or something like that, what, what would you like to leave behind for the audience? Man, that's a deep question. And it right? got yeah. any uh, free cards, but, um, you know, I appreciate you referring to me as kind of a leader in the CrossFit space and um, as a coach. And uh, kind of my thing is uh, is working hard here, controlling what we can control. I've heard tons of people talking about it, especially um, important right now and the times that we're going through. I know this may not air till later, but um, in the space that we're kind of living in to um, just be a hard worker, be industrious, keep moving forward, keep getting stuff done, um, keep working hard. I love that. 
I actually, I think I just aired a podcast about that like last week. So thank you for reiterating my point. Is like, it? I grew I grew up on a farm. So like my one thing I learned from my father was work hard. Okay. Con- I, yeah. The biggest words I loved from you just now was the control what you can control. It is so easy to get distracted by everything else going on right now. Right. Why are we yeah, allowing we've been that talking, talking with talking with our athletes about that. The first thing is effort, right? Put some effort into whatever you're doing, whether it's your daily routine or um, your bikes or whatever you're allowed or can do right now, put your effort and your, your work ethic into that. Yeah. I, I remind people that guys, like if anything, you have less distraction now. Like if you just unplug from all the BS out there and just focus on you and your family and what matters, your own personal health, your own personal fitness, your own personal nutrition, and not be like, Oh, well, I need to develop a new COVID dessert. Like, no, you don't go hit the gym, man. Like go do some burpees yeah. in the backyard. All right. Go, go run down the street a couple of times with your mask on. I don't care, but like own, own, own you, right. Own you and your family. Like that's one yeah. thing you can control. So, yeah. Well, we're working hard over here. It looks like you are from all the stuff you got on. So I appreciate having me on trying to my friend. Well, listen, hang tight. I want to give proper goodbye off the air. Yeah. Right on ladies and gentlemen. That was Lou from CrossFit Apex. He might know a little bit about swimming. He might know a little bit about the CrossFit functional fitness world. And we got to geek out about some biking tonight, which I'm always happy to do as well. So again, ladies and gentlemen, check out CrossFitApex.com. I'm excited when I can actually announce that uh, here in Pennsylvania, anyway, Eastern Pennsylvania, I'm excited when all of my friends and entrepreneurs and fellow passionate health and fitness coaches can return to possibly their normal way of helping other people get also just as healthy and just as fit and get get life back to a normal balanced state. So again, thanks for tuning in. And remember, we are here to help fuel your health, your business, and your lifestyle. Lou definitely helped us do that today. Check him out. We'll talk to you guys again soon. Thanks for tuning in. Remember, you too can live the fuel. And we'll talk to you guys again soon. Thank you for subscribing to Live the Fuel. Stay connected on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Live the Fuel. And remember, you too can live the fuel. So please visit us at livethefuel.com.